Welcome back to The Garbage Reel. My name is Jack Weber. Along with me, Sam Orsino. Hey, guys. And today we're going to be talking about Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief. 2010 movie from director Chris Columbus, who's also known for the first two Harry Potter movies, Mrs. Doubtfire, and the first two Home Alone movies. So this movie, it's not great. No. It's got a good cast, though. So the cast includes Logan Lerman, Alexandra Daddario, Brandon T. Jackson, Pierce Brosnan, Jake Abel, Sean Bean, and Kevin McKidd, Catherine Keener, Uma Thurman, and Joe Pantoliano. It's got a pretty good lineup. It's not going to lie. It's pretty good. And they Ugh. couldn't do anything with it. No. And, I mean, Pierce Brosnan, Catherine Keener, Sean Bean, they're very good actors. They are. They're very good. And this script just fails them in every way. You saw a glimpse of, like, some really good acting, and then there was, like, they just do something, and it was just, ugh. Yeah. We just tank really quick. Mm -hmm. We'll get into that later in the podcast. So the budget was an estimated $95 million with an opening weekend gross of $31.2 million. Its total worldwide gross, though, $226.5 million. That's a pretty successful movie. Wow. In 2010, too. Yeah. I think that would put it in the top 10 of the year, but I don't know. So let's get into our thoughts on this movie. And we have a lot of them. And a lot of them are going to be kind of nitpicky, but that's just how this movie is whenever you watch it again. Yeah. So I'm, this movie starts out, we see uh, Poseidon coming out of the water. And it's a cool, cool looking shot. Like he comes, he's huge, and he just kind of melts down into water and turns like a normal sized person on like Coney Island. But he does it, he goes from Coney Island through Brooklyn. And then across either the East or Hudson River into Manhattan, and then goes to the Empire State Building, it's which is five walk. miles just to get to the Empire State Building once walk. he gets to Manhattan. He could have just shown up right on the like west side of Manhattan on the Hudson River and just walked right there. That's got to take hours. Yeah, yeah. Wow, well, I don't know about hours, but still, that's it's such a long walk, especially through New York, mm -hmm. like bro. And when you're the god of the seas, I feel like you could just come up anywhere, or even like turn into water, and go through the sky. I mean, you would say. he had plenty of options. He did. And he chose the worst one of them. Yeah, and this is only the first minute of the movie. So, I mean, I thought, at least for most of the darker scenes, like lighting-wise, it's all shot like those 2010s Clash of the Titans, Wrath of the Titans, those weird Greek god war yeah. movies that just kept showing up for no reason. It felt like it was trying to be like a modern version of that, where it's like, you know, you had... Like, scenes where it would show, like, progress in technology, mm -hmm. but then, like, later on you'll see at the camp, like, it's all, like... It's like it's still in ancient Greece yeah. or something. Come on, guys. So, then we obviously, Percy is in high school. He's, like, a normal kid. He thinks he's a normal kid. And they've got the over-exaggerated violence in high school, like, people just fighting in the hallways, yeah. throwing people against lockers. Never in my high school. that happens Never all the time. High you know, it is New York, but still. Um, So... In this school, this school's a weird, I think it's like an academy for him because he has ADHD and dyslexia, and they say this new school is supposed to help you or something. So I think it's supposed to be something for kids that have um, things like that, and so it's just like geared for them to be easier, but it doesn't seem like it because no. he's, his dyslexia, I don't, I don't have dyslexia, I don't think you do either, and it's just on a whole nother level. It just scrambles every single word to just make up gibberish. Yeah. It reminds me of the Kevin Hart movie. Um, I forget exactly which one, but he's literally like, you can see visually like everything switch around like mm -hmm. 
From what I know, that's not how it happens. <laughs> no, it's. I feel like it, I've always heard it's just a few letters maybe you mix up between, yeah. wi- between which one they are. So then on this field trip, they go to what I f- think is the Met Museum. It's like a whole ancient Greece wing uh, visiting thing. And Percy's just listening to music on this field trip. I've never seen that be allowed on any field trip I've been on. And then he gets asked a question, and he's like, huh? And he's just not huh? reprimanded yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there's a huge fight between this weird demon thing, and it's all just very, Which like, was off the, sub- the wall. the substitute teacher. Yeah, the substitute teacher goes on this field trip with them. Yeah. That's another weird thing And then thing she's like, hey, Percy, I need to talk to you, and then walks into some random back room, mm-hmm. and then proceeds to climb on top of, the f- like, st- like, something. And then just transforms into a demon. Like, yeah, you could have just like killed him without him even knowing. Well, it. I mean, the script obviously didn't know what it was doing. I don't think because no. there's a lot of just weird inconsistencies with that school. I feel like, but I thought Percy is or Logan Lerman is very good in these couple scenes with this de- like fighting this demon because he's very like he's supposed to play it very shocked and confused and just kind of like he's his mind is going everywhere. And he's doing it really well, I thought. Yeah, I think he did a, a really good job, especially in those opening few scenes where he's, like, playing the confused. Like, he's obviously the star of this movie, mm-hmm. but he's playing that, like, oh, what's going on? This is crazy. Yeah. And then as the movie progresses, it just... It kind of goes downhill once he kind of realizes who he's supposed to yeah. be. Like, he's supposed to be the hero. And then it's just kind of like the this. The performance just tanks. Yeah. And it's like, you could have kept that same... You know, energy throughout the movie, but mm-hmm. I feel like his performance as it went on just kept declining. Yeah, and so once they get to this camp for all these demigods and um, other like Greek mythical people, the camp is a little—it's a little crazy. It's for what, like we already said, yeah. it's like sent back in time with all their technology. They just have like archery training right outside the hospital. Like it's shooting into targets up against the walls of the hospital. I'm sure that's going to go right. Everything on this camp was not thought out. No, except for the houses. I will say the Poseidon house that he lives in. That was cool. That's sick. And how it that sits on cool. the lake right there. He's got the giant trident just sitting in the corner of his room. I thought that looked really good. Yeah. Yeah. He had a lot of cool things in that house and mm-hmm. like it being on the water and like everything going on. I thought that was probably the coolest part of the camp. Yeah. But then we need to also talk about this whole capture the flag scene. Yes. Quick. So if you've seen this movie, you definitely remember the capture the flag scene. It is a good, good moment in this, in the movie. I thought. It's a cool scene to yeah. watch, but it's very like not thought out. No. So not they're at all. wearing leather armor and they've got real swords and real shields and like full on helmets and everything. And they're just going crazy. Like they're cutting people up. And multiple times people are like, Percy's going to get killed. Yeah. They're, I don't know I mean, how people aren't dying in this capsule flag. That's what it I want to like know. everyone's okay. Mm-hmm. And then it literally goes to the end where Percy finds the flag. He's like walking up to it. And then he flips a few guys and then they just let him take it. Like he's surrounded by the enemy team and they just watch him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole scene, like he gets up, cut up whenever he fights. What's her face? I don't remember her name. Annabeth. Annabeth. Yeah. Um, so he gets cut, cut up in that, which every cut that everyone sees in this film. It's like a bit more than a minor cut, but it's not like a full on laceration. No. Like, they're swinging hardcore, mm-hmm. and how are you not chopping limbs off? Yeah. Like, you're cutting someone's hand delicately. 
Yeah. And then he walks over to the water and he's like, oh my gosh. And he heals himself with the water. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, yeah. Look at Percy. It's, it's a weird scene. And I thought it was just hilarious mm-hmm. for how bad the scene is. So this next point, it is going to have some spoilers to the movie. So whenever they're going on this quest to rescue uh, Percy's mother and to like find out who stole this lightning bolt, that's the whole thing. Zeus has wants Percy to give up the lightning bolt. Percy has no idea what's going on. So they stop at Luke, who's this, like he's kind of like one of the older guys in the camp. Everybody seems to like him. And he, like his cabin just has, like he's playing Call of Duty. He's got a bunch of stuff he stole from his dad, the Hermes, like the god who flies around. The and messenger. The messenger god, yeah. Yes. And so they go to his place before they go on this quest, and they get a shield, a pair of shoes with the wings on them, and a map for all these, like, pearls and stuff to get to the underworld. But this shield that Luke gives them, that's where he stored the lightning bolt, and this entire plot of the movie is dependent on yeah. them going to Luke's and getting that shield. If they had just walked right out of the camp, they would have never had the lightning bolt and everything wouldn't have mattered because the gods would have just started fighting or whatever and destroyed the world. Yeah. So it's it's a weird thing kinda, when you needed, realize... They needed... That was the big thing. Like, yeah. if they just left, then he would have never had the lightning bolt. He would never have the chance to clear his name. No. Because they would have just... Which confuses me in general because, like, how did they suspect... Percy Jackson to be the lightning thief. Mm-hmm. Like, where is there evidence? Where is anything going on? Like, you should be like you're one of the gods. You should be able to see what's going on in the mortal world. Yep. How and wouldn't they be able know? to know that he has just no idea that he's the son of Poseidon? Because that's like his dad kind of tries to contact him at the museum and stuff. Like, he think he sees him outside and then he disappears behind a bus. But it's almost like they all know he has no idea who he really is. So why does he, why does Zeus immediately go, Percy Jackson did it? Yeah. It's and the just whole a thing weird is like, thing. Like, if he doesn't know who his dad is or that any of this stuff exists, mm-hmm. how is he going to know there's a lightning bolt? Yep. How does he keep that a secret from everyone? Mm-hmm. Like, what if he doesn't find out? that all this is happening before the summer solstice is the deadline when all these gods are going to fight. It's just the world ends. The whole movie, it's like, if you didn't like put one thing, one specific thing in Mm -hmm. where he goes to this or that or this, then the whole movie falls apart. Like he has to do everything in the movie. And if he veers off of it any little bit, well, no, it's more, he just has to go to Luke's. Once he goes to Luke's, that's when it all just takes care of itself. But it's almost so perfect that this substitute teacher finds Percy Jackson to like turn into a demon. And then that is like, all right, we need to take him to the camp. And then Luke, he, then he meets Luke and Luke's like, okay, here's this shield that, Oh, you don't know it has a lightning bolt, but I do. Then it just kind of unfolds, but everything else has to go perfectly. Yeah. 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 Um, a few things I did like though, because there's one part where they're fighting a giant hydra and these things breathe fire. It's like a, the big dragon with nine yeah. heads. But um, so it breathes fire at Percy and he uses his shield to block it. And I did like that they did this is that he immediately throws the shield off because it's burning yeah. him because it got so hot. I thought that was cool. Like just a little detail, yeah. like we included that. Yeah, the thing is, like when you do stuff like that and like the way he acts about it. I think this movie could have been so good Mm -hmm. if they just tried a little bit. Yeah. Like, if they tried a little bit, they had those small details that, like, like whenever you think about it and you bring it into the whole picture, 
it makes it a lot better movie. Mm-hmm. But then you think about the rest of it. And like a detail for me is when he's in that same thing in Tennessee. They go up to try and get one of the pearls. He flies up there, whatever, you know, cool. And then he goes to grab the pearl off the top of what is like a little crown it's a thing. a statue of Athena. It's on yeah. like her crown. Yeah. And he goes to pull off the thing and he takes his hand and grabs a whole chunk of the crown off. He breaks marble. I'm assuming it's marble or stone and he just breaks he just, it. He just pulls it right off. Mm-hmm. And then he flies down and then he delicately takes the thing off. Like, And it doesn't look like it's hard. It looks like he just no. unscrews it a little he bit. He just pops it out. Yeah. Like, Percy, don't deface the whole thing. Just yeah. take the pearl. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's like goes back to the whole details. Like, if you could just get the details right, uh, you could put this movie a lot better. Yeah. Um, so I think with that, we're going to move on to our categories. Uh, Sam, you want to give the categories again? Yeah. So we're going to go best quote, best performance, worst performance, best scene, or most outlandish scene. Then we're going to go age the best, age the worst, who won the movie, and then who lost the movie. Um, so I'll start with my best quote. Mine is from Luke, and it's before the capture the flag. The whole reason I like this line is just because of the delivery and he's kind of scaring Percy with like how intense this game is going to be or that he doesn't have a helmet. He's like, yeah. he's going to need a wheelchair after this. Mm-hmm. And Percy's kind of like, what's going on? And he goes, I'm messing with you. Smile a little bit. It's good yeah. for you. I just love that line. I thought that was a really good, really good quote, especially of his delivery. Mm-hmm. Like that was the one time where like throughout this movie, like he plays a good character. But Pretty that, good. that brought it together. Yeah. I thought mm-hmm. that was hilarious. And you can tell like, he always oh, Percy Jackson. Everyone's kind of like freaking out. He's kind of like Harry Potter when he first comes into the wizarding world. How he's like, oh my gosh, yeah. it's Harry. And then it's like everyone's standing around him and he just looks like the awkward new kid. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. All right. My best quote is from Grover. Um, This was after the whole like Lotus scene, which we'll get into a little bit later. But yes. he goes, um, now that's how you get out of a casino. Now that's how you drive. And they're, like, zooming out of this casino. They break out. It was a hilarious quote. And I was literally laughing during it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also ties into my best performance. I really thought Grover, which... Brandon T. Jackson. Yes. Yes. I thought he did a really good job. He brought the same energy. He brought the same character level throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you know he was the most consistent. And he just, like, even though he's not, like, a huge known name, he in my opinion, did a fantastic job throughout the entirety of this movie. So my best performance, I've, it's a weird one for me. So I have Percy, Percy Jackson and Luke in the first half of the movie. Because Percy, whenever he's shocked and confused yeah. and just kind of rattled, he's really good. He's playing that amazingly. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, with, like we said, when he realizes he's supposed to be the hero, he just doesn't do that well like it's almost it's not even like confidence it's almost just like weird arrogance yeah it's like oh i'm poseidon's kid yeah suck it up Mm -hmm. and he's like then everything just falls for him and it's like everything goes that easy like you're not gonna get the girl that easily no like everyone in the camp likes annabeth or like she's gorgeous and everything assume yeah yes and he just struts in and he's like then he goes up w son of poseidon so W Riz, he was spitting game the whole time. I will say that he he was doing well, mm-hmm. but like he walks in and she's like swooning for him. He's like, yep. Bro, calm down. 
And so then another one was Luke in the first half again, when he's kind of playing that like good guy, like I'm here to help you. I thought he plays that off really well. But when he comes back in the end as like the villain that he like screwed uh, Percy up, he won. He does almost all his lines with a country accent. We found, yeah, and that, that was, was that, that was, was really uh, weird. It did not weird. work well. But then all his acting, he just has like a snarl on his face the entire time. Like he's like curled up his nose and he's just like gr- almost growling. He's trying to do. He's trying to play the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But he, it's almost like it wasn't earned at all. No, because we see him at the beginning. He's all nice and helping Percy. And then we never see him again until the end when we already know he's like the bad guy and he's just like full villain mode instantly. And so then my last best performance, and I didn't make him the only one just because he's not in it as much, was uh, Joe Pantoliano. And he's just going for it. He's the the stepfather of Peter, or Percy, sorry, and he's just a terrible person. He's kind of like he's just abusing his mom. He abuses uh, Percy yeah, too. The stepdad. Yep. And he almost reminds me of his character from The Sopranos if he wasn't in the mob. Because his character in The Sopranos was just a terrible person like this too. And if he wasn't in the mob, I feel like this is how he would act. Just like some poor dude who barely works and just drinks all the time and is just a hateful guy. For actor's sake, I think he did a good job. Oh, Obviously, yeah. Obviously, as the character, we hate him. Mm-hmm. But for an actor's sake, I think he did a yep. pretty good job. Especially whenever they were like, breaking news, Percy Jackson kidnaps his mom and like ran away. And he's saying, like, ever since the drugs and the yeah, drinking, yeah. he's just been going funny. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So the worst performance, I have Annabeth, Alexandra Daddario. Uh, come on. I just don't think she's doing anything. None of her line, all her lines are almost monotone unless she's yelling. I don't think she has any emotion in that movie whatsoever. And yeah, he, she has some chemistry with Percy, but it's almost all on him. There's yeah. almost never There's a, a moment where she's like bringing it to him. I, I enjoyed in the Lotus scene, like you saw some bits and pieces of her and she's like, oh my God, guys, let's stay. And I thought that was hilarious because it does it, it breaks away from her character, whereas she's the the tough girl who's you know had to fight her whole life mm-hmm. and like she's the top dog, especially in this camp. And then she just has a lotus flower and she's like, "Oh my god, let's let's stay, let's hang out." Yeah. And then the end scene too, when they're fighting. And well, the whole fighting choreography in the entire <sighs> movie is not great. That's why they have like none of it. There was a few scenes that were all right, like fighting the Hydra. I thought that was pretty good, but it was okay. So who's your worst performance? It's got to be the mom for me. The mom. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few scenes where it's like, it just felt so fake. Like You could tell she was phoning it in for yeah. most of it. Because Catherine Keener is a good actress. She is. And like, you can see glimpses, but it's like the whole time, like you don't feel chemistry. You don't feel. I wouldn't say chemistry. I just feel like I wouldn't feel, I don't feel like she's, she really cares like, for yeah. him. Like. That's your son. That's like you're doing all this. You're mm-hmm. putting up with this horrible guy for your son. And it just like I just feel like the chemistry and like the performance isn't there. Like yeah. they're not coinciding together. They're not like really pulling through like they're, you know, the mom and the son. And there's also just a few where it's like, oh, Percy. Ah. Mm-hmm. And then like that was her role just to be like the mom that can't do anything. Yeah. She's the mortal that. 
fell in love with a god. Who's kind of just like relegated to the sidelines yeah. just to be like bait, essentially. Yeah. yeah. So moving from there to like the best, craziest, outlandish scene, I have the Lotus Casino scene. So that was the best scene. This is in Vegas. It's a casino they go to and they're like constantly pushed to eat these little lotus flowers. And these flowers make them want to stay in this like hotel casino forever. They don't realize time is passing by at an extremely fast rate. Like they're in there for a couple hours, they feel like, but it's five days at the end of it. And this scene is so good in this movie because the second they take these flowers and like the drugs and it start to hit, it starts to tune into the uh, Lady Gaga's poker face. Yeah. And it builds just enough while they like start to fully get hit with this lotus flower. And they're just partying. Like I think um, Percy and Annabeth are playing craps. Uh, Grover's dancing. I think he yeah. gets his hooves he gets, painted. He gets all the ladies. Oh, he is every girl there yeah. in this movie. He's got W Riz, man. Yeah, he does. So what was your scene for you? So my it was more of the most outlish Mm-hmm. most outlandish slash bad scene. Um, it was at the end whenever he returned the lightning bolt and they're just, you know, all the gods are standing up and you're like, they're trying to portray the gods as like you being these huge figures. Literally. Literally, they're just like huge people. And then Percy's in there. And then there's a talk between him and his dad, Poseidon. And it looks so bad. Mm-hmm. It's one of those forced perspectives they kind of they tried to do, or maybe they just like filmed they filmed uh, Poseidon and then they filmed Percy and they just molded them together. It was. It doesn't look like Percy is actually there when he's talking to him because these gods in Mount Olympus they're I don't know ninety feet tall or something. They're extraordinarily huge, and Percy just normal person looks like an ant to these people. Yeah, it's all like and like. The whole place, like Olympus itself, like the stairs are made for people. Like everything's made for the, you know, average person. They go like two miles in a minute and a half at one point. And you have to assume if these gods' normal sizes are these 90-foot tall things, these stairs should be massive. Yeah. And it there's like a wide shot we see of, you can kind of see Percy and Annabeth climbing, and it just looks like they're running upstairs. Yeah. The The whole scene just didn't, it didn't feel... Put together. It didn't feel well thought out at all. Not at all. Mm -mm. Um, But now we're going to move to Age the Best. Which I think we agree on in this category. Um, Mine is actually the cast lineup. Oh, never mind. We do not then. Yeah. A little little away from that. But the cast lineup, I think it definitely Age the Best because with only having like a few people that aren't like huge names, Mm -hmm. like if you look back, even though it's a horrible movie, you're always going to see, like, they got the, this cast? The adults in this movie are big stars. They're like Pierce Brosnan, who is James Bond. Uma Thurman, who was a big star in the 90s. Uh, Joe Pantoliano, who had The Sopranos about six years before this. Sean Bean, who's very known in, like, that fantasy sci-fi world. Um, Kevin McKidd was on Grey's Anatomy for years. I think he might still be there. And... Then uh, Catherine Keener, again, like we've said, I think she's an Oscar-winning actress. She's yeah. very like well The known. whole lineup is is a star lineup. Mm-hmm. And it's not just cameos. Like, you're not just no. seeing these people for, like, two seconds. Like, they have lines. They have a story arc. Like, everything's going down. Mm-hmm. And, like, obviously, you know, their ratings are horrible and they're trash. But 
still the cast lineup is just it's it's a good cast lineup. But then when you look at the kids, the only one that actually kind of grew from this was Alexander Daddario, who was yeah. in Baywatch, San Andreas, and the first season of The White Lotus. Yeah. Yep. I think she, you know, she may be the only one, but I still think, you know, for acting's sake, everyone in the movie did a pretty good job. For with what they the, were given, I think. With what they, they were have. given. I mean, obviously, like we talked about, they had room to room to improve, but I think they were limited by that script. The script was just so bad. It was. So my age the best is the Percy Jackson story. Yeah. I I would agree on that. I would agree on that. This movie, it's based off of a book series of the same name. And the author has just hates this movie. He hasn't, he read the script and hated it, offered to rewrite it for free and they turned him down and he's never seen this complete uh, film, which is crazy. It is. But it was able to just get people to read these, get a lot more people to read these books and uh, increase the popularity of that. And it's still somewhat popular enough to get a TV show on Disney+. Plus. Like, that's coming out next year, and the author is heavily involved with that. But it's been able to stay alive for over a decade since this movie. Yeah, I thought it was definitely something that, like, as a director, like, you should be going to the people who made it come alive. Mm -hmm. Like, read the books, understand the thoughts, understand everything that goes into it, and then work with them. As we saw with Game of Thrones, like, the first four seasons where they had George R.R. Martin with work with them, it was great TV. It was one of some of the best TV ever put on television. Everything off the book, like, whenever the Mm -hmm. book is finished or... Or whenever they they just stopped working with him, the quality immediately dropped. And then... When House of Dragon came on and they used George R. R. Martin again to help in the filming and production of that show, quality went right back up. Fire. So um, now we're gonna move to aged the worst. Yep. Mine was the Percy Dra- the Percy Jackson movies. Okay. Like as a as a whole, um, not the story per se, like we just but talked these about films, but the films in general. If you watch all of them. Only Which, well, there's only two. Thankfully, they did this one and then I the Sea of Monsters a couple years just, after. It was just all bad. Yeah. Like if the second one might even be worse. Yeah. Oh, it 100 percent is. Which is just crazy because this one was not good at all. No. So how do you like if you receive that much like bad press and bad everything? How are you not gonna try and improve on it? The bar was already low, and they somehow got lower yeah. in the next one. They said, you know what? The only way's up. And then somehow they went down. Yes, it was it was rough. What was yours? So mine, it's just one little spot is Grover's legs in the casino. So Grover, for those who don't know, he's a mythical creature called a satyr. And that's where the top half of him is a normal person. But the bottom half of him is a goat. And for the most part, his legs are fine because they kind of just don't linger where you can see all of his legs because. He wears sweatpants a lot. His thighs, you can tell they just had pants on. They just put, like, a fur covering over it. But the, like, lower part of his legs is obviously where they had to CG it. But there's one part in the casino, the Lotus Casino, where he's dancing. And it's a wide, like, a very wide shot of that. And it's, his legs do not look attached to his body at all. Yeah, it's rough. Nothing's moving down there for him. Yeah, there's a lot of CGI in this movie that some was okay, Mm -hmm. like the Hydra scene. Um, But then some, like the centaur. Yeah, the centaurs don't look great yeah. either. But I picked out Grover's legs. That was a glaring yeah. issue. Uh, there was definitely room for improvement on that. But it was... It, it is was 2010. Tw- it was 2010. But this is almost like Marvel, 
now Marvel level of quality, which it's not great. Mar- I think Marvel does better than that. Maybe. I think Marvel. Well, like, we, we did Speed Racer the other day, mm-hmm. and they're, well, some of their CGI is horrible. There's some issues. But, but the race CGI, like, that was early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, no, it was only a year before this. It was only 2009. Oh, really? Yeah. Apparently, I don't know anything. <laughs> but still, like, if you go based off of what you've seen been able to, like, been able to happen, you should be doing better. Yeah. We have to think there could have been press for time, maybe just not enough people or enough resources for them to do it. But, yeah. They had a lot of money to work with. $95 million, dollars, yeah. You, you got to think most of that probably went to the cast, though, with that lineup. Yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. That is true. All right. So, so moving from there, we're going to go to who won the movie. So mine is the author of the books, Rick uh, Riordan. So as we said, he publicly and repeatedly disavowed this movie and the second one. And then 10 years later, Disney announces they're rebooting Percy Jackson and they're going to have heavy influence from Rick uh, Riordan. I think that's how you say his last name uh, from the author. And I think he's now one because this movie stayed alive through just like, or this story stayed alive through the hate for this movie and the second one. He definitely has one off of it. And now he's getting his own TV show where he can do whatever he wants. And I'm sure he's getting like two seasons per book or something or whatever. They just kind of gave him a blank check and blank pages and just said, write it. So who's your who won the movie? Who won the movie, you know, keep in mind what we've talked about. I I will say no one Mm. won this movie just because after you think about it, after you rewatch, like, I watched this close to when it came out, Mm. and, you know, you hear speculation, and then you watch it. But after, like, rewatching it and see, like, what could have been, it's it's sad. They could have done so much better. They had a huge cast mm-hmm. of great actors. Great director. Great director. And it falls apart. Mm-hmm. Like, and that is why I think no one really won the movie. Which is sad because you could. And this could have been a, a really cool universe because the books are really good. And there was a continuation with like a Roman gods camp, like Camp Half-Blood. And this could have been a huge oh, franchise. So good. And they dropped the ball. It could have been up there mm-hmm. with everything with going Harry on. With Harry Potter. Yeah. It was, at, it was right at the beginning of Marvel, so they could have maybe kept up with them. Obviously not in amount of stories, but just yeah. maybe the influence. It, there's definitely room to be the best mm-hmm. or be close to the best. Yep. And after you make this one and then the second yeah. one, it just really fell apart. Mm-hmm. All right, who lost the movie for you? So mine is Chris Columbus, the director. So this guy's this guy's really good director. He did the first two Harry Potter movies, which are universally loved. He did the first two Home Alone movies, which are some of what what people consider the greatest Christmas movies. And he did um, the Robin Williams comedy Mrs. Doubtfire, which again is a very well loved and beloved movie. And then he does this. Ugh, yeah. And this movie is not great. And then after he does a few smaller projects, and then he does. Uh, Pixels in 2015. I don't know if you remember that. I like that. Pixels. That's I not a good it. movie. I enjoy it. I thought it was fun, loving movie. Like, I thought it was good-hearted, comedy, fun. I thought, I guess, though, with the power this guy should have in Hollywood from those five movies I listed before this before this one, 
I feel like he should have been able to see this script was not good and just convince the studio, let the author give this a rewrite. Just let him do let him do a draft and we'll compare. Because if he did all of those movies, which have good scripts, and then he goes to this, there's no way he thinks, yeah, this is okay. I can do this or I can make a good movie out of this. Yeah, especially after you have to be like a few weeks in and just realize mm-hmm. this is not going to be good and mm-hmm. then still make some chases, changes. But this is where we agree. Um, oh. Directors slash script writers was mine. Okay. Um, I just think basically going off what you were saying, there was so much potential to be good and they just dropped the ball. Uh, if I, I'm surprised no one really listened to what the author of the book's or what the actors were saying. Yeah. Nobody has to that. think. There, nobody thought like, yeah, this is good lines. This sounds good. Stuff like that. Yeah, just like think about it. Go through, you know, have like after every few weeks, bring the gra- gang together and say, hey, like how are we feeling? Is there room for improvement? Like what can we do to make this the, as we said, like the stuff that can compete with Marvel and all this other stuff. Well, I'm sure they weren't trying to compete with Marvel. I, th- I wonder if they were trying to compete with Harry Potter at this time because you have to think yeah. the only Marvel movie out right now was, I think, Iron Man, maybe Iron Man 2. And the biggest franchise in the world was Harry Potter. This was right before the Deathly Hallows movies uh, released. I agree, but I just still think, like, I think they were trying to shoot for the stars um, and they just landed... On the bathroom floor, yep. face down. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's how, who I thought lost the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I, a lot of people lose in this movie, but I think the directors. I think the, me the watching this the movie lost lose. the movie too. It's, yeah, lost a good two hours of my life right there watching that. Um, all right, I think that's going to wrap up the podcast for us this week. Uh, thank you very much for listening. You're going to find us at the Garbage Reel on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. You can find Sam on his podcast, Under the Lights, by the same name, on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Is a little bit. Uh, I'm still working on that. But you'll, you'll be able to find it on Podbean if you search that up, too. Awesome. So, yeah, check out his podcast, Under the Lights. And we'll catch you next time with a Christmas movie special for our last episode. Thank you. See you, guys.